Welcome back to the Return of the Hack podcasts. This week we are speaking to Lucy Robinson, better known on social media as Footloose Eventing. Lucy is an amateur event rider who started her British eventing journey in 2016, currently competing at BE 90 and 100 with her horse Lara and documenting her journey through vlogs. We speak about Lucy's journey so far, her plans for the future and also her rescue pony Bolly. I hope you enjoy. Listeners who watch Horse and Country TV will probably know that you were from season one of the Blue Chip Feed All Star Academy. How was that? It was an experience, that's sure. I had no idea what I was letting myself in for because it was the first series, obviously. They hadn't done it before, everything was new. So I just kind of turned up and went with the flow, but it was so much fun and it was a great experience. But I have to say, I was a bit worried because the horse that I had, Bagel, He was a bit quirky, so I was thinking, just please don't fall off on TV. And I didn't, so it was okay. (laughs) But it was really fun. I wish I could do it again, actually. Maybe one day. And did you learn much from the likes of Pammy and Charlie Hutton? Yes. So, I mean, obviously having a lesson with those guys was just an incredible experience. They're so, so experienced. And even just being at Talend and seeing photos and photos of Pammy lined the walls with all her achievements. So I was like, oh gosh, I really hope this goes okay. And I remember the first lesson I had with Pammy, she didn't really say much to me, but I took that as a positive because the people that she was talking to was quite a lot of negative. So I thought I'd kind of got away with it. And then I had a lesson with Charlie and I had, there's one memory that sticks out in my mind where he, so he made me stop and he said, look, Lucy, you're so inflexible. You need to loosen up a bit. And with that, he came along, he grabbed my leg and he pulled it so far away from the saddle. I literally thought I was going to break in two. And he was like, you need, you need to be more flexible. And I had no idea. So yeah, I've always, yeah, since then, I've tried to work on my flexibility with varying degrees of successes. But so thanks, Charlie. That's what I've taken away from there. Be more flexible. As part of the All-Star Academy, contestants have to take part in a series of challenges. Did you have a favourite challenge? So my favourite challenge, probably obviously the riding, more riding focused ones, like the cross country was really fun because that's where I was supposed, supposed to come into my own being the one of the two or three eventers, I think, that two eventers that were there. But in the warm up of the cross country, Bagel just had a bucking fit. They didn't actually show that on TV because <laughs> I was so I was literally hanging on for dear life. But then I pulled myself together and we did a really nice cross country round. But then my, so I was more worried about, I think it was the saddle fitting one, because really, I should know how a saddle fits. And I was just (laughs) winging it. I was thinking, oh gosh, this could be embarrassing. But we got through it. So no, they were all really good. And they thought about them really well. So, and I didn't make a fool of myself. So it was a (laughs) win-win. So so you said that you went to All Star Academy with a horse called Bagel. Listeners who follow you on your social media now will know that you have a horse called Lara. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, I can. I love her (laughs) so much. So she is a, how old is she now? 14. So she's just turned 14. I've had her for four years. She's a 16-2 Irish sports horse, skewballed, lovely 
Mare. Yeah, she's great. She's taught me a lot, mainly to sit back into a jump and don't get ahead of her because she's a queen of chipping in and she's caught me by surprise a few times. But yeah, she's great. And I have, I have so much fun with her. But I've kind of taken the pressure off now because I was at a stage a couple of years ago where I was pushing and pushing. I was like, I have to go, I have to go novice. I don't know why there's this benchmark about novice, mm. but for some, I just thought in my head, I'm not, I'm not achieving if I don't go novice. But it turned out that she just wasn't the horse that was gonna, was gonna take me there, which was absolutely fine. So yeah, so now we just have fun kind of at 100 more so 90 these days I seem to <laughs> age I seem to be getting worse maybe not worse maybe just happier to be at a different level but no she's great and lots of fun and possibly the easiest horse to do in the world she's such a chiller had she done much in the past before you got her so before I got her she was with Harriet Upton who's a professional and but she'd only she's stayed at 100 so she's only ever been at 100 but she's also had a foal so she's kind of been there done it got the t-shirt really which is which is nice you currently compete at 90 and 100 be with her and you obviously think about novice do you think that'd be something for the future do you think you'd get another horse to try and take you to novice or are you happy where you're at I would love that because that is a dream I mean I know that I'm more than capable a horse I had before Lara a horse called Harry he was also supposed to be my kind of novice horse but that was when I was based back in Berkshire so I moved from Berkshire to Norfolk uh, like three years ago now so when I moved I had to leave Harry behind because I was riding him for someone else and then Harry actually went on to go advanced (laughs) so he, he did really well but yeah so with Lara no I'm happy at 90 and 100 and if another horse comes along one day that's gonna you know take me there then Fantastic. I'd love that. I'm not going to give up. Recently on your vlogs and Instagram, you introduced us to a pony called Bonnie. Can you tell us a little bit about her? (laughs) Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, at the time. So basically, I was after a companion for Lara uh, and their field buddy, Woody. Basically, whenever I took Lara out, it was all pandemonium at the yard. So I thought if I get a companion, that's fine. So a normal person would probably get you know, a established companion, e.g. one that is not wild. But I thought, no, it's fine, because I saw this thing pop up on Facebook about the Animal Health Trust had 30 Welsh Section A ponies completely unhandled. And sadly, the Animal Health Trust was shutting down, so they needed to find homes for them. So I called up and said, oh, I'm interested in one of your ponies. And uh, they seemed very keen. So I turned up to their yard and was a bit thinking, oh gosh, what am I doing actually? Because it was literally a herd. I think it was only 10 ponies left when I got there. But they were so cute. So, so <laughs> cute. And then Bonnie was sedated, literally lifted into my trailer because she was so small. Because she was like 10 months at the time. So she was literally a little filly foal. And then it was like a 40 minute drive back to my yard. and pulled the ramp down, got in there, got, tried to get her head collar on, managed to do it. And then it, she just went wild as soon as I got <laughs> off, the la- off the ramp because the sedation had worn off. So I then knew from that point that it was going to be a long process of getting her handled, which through so much hard work and time, 
she's absolutely amazing now. She's literally transformed. She will do anything. She's actually better to handle than Lara. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but there's another lady at the yard called Catherine who's really into her natural horsemanship because I was a little bit clueless. I didn't really know what I was doing really because I'd never had to do that before but Catherine was great she showed me everything what to do we tried a bit of join up and then it was just a case of consistency and you know just keeping keeping it up and it's really paid off and she's I've got big plans for her for the future actually I think I might give showing a go a bit of in-hand showing for I don't know I've never done that before either well maybe when I was like 10 with my old pony but yeah a bit of showing and then find a really small person for her to do some like mini eventing if that's Ooh, so I don't know we'll see that all depends if she is you know happy to be ridden when it's time because that's a few years down the line yet so yeah. I'm sure she will because she's so great Ooh, very very exciting so you mentioned obviously showing maybe when you were about 10 so looking back have you always had horses in your life so I started riding when I was six but my family they're not horsey at all I think it was my mum's friend from work his daughter had a horse which I went to, to sit on and my mum thought oh, it would be fine and then I was obsessed after that straight away <laughs> so she was in trouble I got my first pony king on loan when I was 11 he was that kind of pony who definitely taught you how to kick <laughs> um, I think I spent he used to just stop at the first fence every time I would take him to a competition get in the ring eliminated 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 but I kept <laughs> trying and then I think it was the last show that I did with him we got a double clear and I literally cried with joy and then after that I had my horse my first horse technically she was 15 hands yep called Millie and I had her until literally this time last year so she just sadly passed away but she was another one another corker who taught me lots so I was so lucky because I had a horse since I was 14 we never did anything outrageous we just did the odd local show and had fun really I was I didn't really I didn't really even know that much about eventing when I was that young but I guess that's because my family didn't really know much either but it was good for I had fun with her so, but yeah, probably a good thing that she never invented because I don't think she would have made it round either. Bless her. Oh dear. So, when did you start competing, and were you always focused on eventing? So yeah, so when I was younger, no, um, I only started competing after I left uni. I think it was because I came back. Home, I'm just trying to think. I came back home, and one of my friends had a neighbor who needed a horse riding and this happened to be an eventer and then it turned out that this eventer needed eventing and he was like oh perfect you'll do so this chap was called Andrew lovely man and he basically kick-started my eventing career by providing the horses and that's so he I started on a wild mare called Hazy who probably wasn't the best one to start on and then he also had bagel so then I started on Bagel, but my first ever event, I did Hambledon 
100. I didn't even start at 90. I just went straight into 100. And it was great fun. I feel I was so much more confident back then. But yeah, it was great fun. And I've never looked back since. And I've yeah, been a member every year. And I'll keep up my membership because I really, I really love it. It's just, it's a great pastime. It's not my career, but it's a great expensive pastime, which I really enjoy doing. <laughs> and do you have a favourite or highlight event? So my favourite event in Norfolk is probably Little Downham because I always touch wood go clear in the show jumping I'm so bad at show jumping in fact it's my nemesis and that's the phase that I really do struggle with but Little Downham's so nice it's got a lovely big grass arena which rides really well and also it's close it's only like 40 minutes from me and yeah it's just a lovely friendly event and I really enjoy it and do you have any lows from your eventing career? Yes, <laughs> many. But yeah, um, oh my gosh, it's which one to pick. But I wouldn't say, I guess, yeah, they are lows, but I've also learned a lot from those lows. There was one event, was it last year? It was Horse Heath last year on, it was... I don't know if it was April or the one, the later one. Anyway, it was horrendously windy. When I say horrendously windy, I mean I probably shouldn't have towed my trailer there because it was just so bad. And I got there and I was walking the cross-country course and the water jump literally had turned into the sea because there was waves. And I was thinking, oh my gosh. And it was, it was just not the perfect environment to be eventing in. Anyway... We didn't even make it to the cross country because we got eliminated in the show jumping. So, yeah, I think the moral of the story was there is, I mean, I knew that it wasn't the best conditions. Therefore, I was a bit reserved. And with Lara, especially, you've really got to mean it when you get out there, especially in the show jumping. So, yeah, I should have just probably rain checked that one. But I didn't and I've learned from my mistakes. So, but there's been, yeah, there's been lots of other lows. So, but that's all part of it, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> but I'm sure there's been some highs too. So is there something that you look back on within your eventing career and it makes you think, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good? I think, well, my first event, my first ever event with Lara, I'd had her two weeks and I took her straight in to Wellington, the 100. And I had the best ride on her. She was amazing. We had two poles in the show jumping, but that was kind of the norm. Well, I didn't know that at the time, but it turned out to be the norm. And then just gave me the best ride cross country. And then since then, yes, we've had, we've had some super, super rounds and the cross country will always be my highlight with her. I think more recently it was when I'd, I'd taken a break from the 100s and just kind of dropped down to 90. I think that was in 2018. So last year when I had my first 100 back and got my first double clear at Kiso, I think it was. I was really buzzing and thinking, thank goodness I haven't forgotten completely what to do. So, yeah. And do you get nervous before you compete? Do you know, I never, ever used to get nervous. I don't know what it was. I never used to feel nervous. And then only recently I started feeling nervous. Only for the show jumping, but I think that's because I've had so many disasters. So, yeah. I don't really know how I handle them. I think I just kind of get on with it. <laughs> I just think I've just got to do it. And then when I'm in there, I'm fine. As long as I can see a stride. 
which is also rare, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any future goals with Lara? Just to kind of carry on as we are, really. I know that sounds probably really unambitious, doesn't it? But I know that she's, we're not going to go up a level and I don't want to go up a level. It would be nice to get a sub 30 dressage, actually. I've never managed that. I know people will laugh at that as well. But dressage, again, it's, it's just the way that she goes. Sometimes it's also me. Actually, I don't help at all. There's a consistent phrase of tense and needs to be more supple on my dressage sheets, which I know and I understand, but for some reason, I just can't, I can't hack it. So, but I will get there one day. That's actually, no, that is going to be my goal this season. I'm going to get a sub I think my best, my best with her is 33, which is just unacceptable really, isn't it? <laughs> I've had her for four years. I should know that by now. But yeah, so sub 30 dressage and maybe I say qualifying for the grassroots, that is just ridiculously ambitious because I think a top 10 placing is, is good for me as well. So. And outside of horse riding, do you have any other hobbies? That's tricky to think of. Hobbies? I mean, I love cooking. I really love cooking. Is that a hobby? Yeah, yeah, is I think so. Hobby? I mean, I love cooking. I don't really play any other sport because I'm so uncoordinated and actually really for some reason my rider fitness is really good but other fitness no like I wouldn't be able to run 100 meters without collapsing on the floor so I say cooking therefore eating is a hobby um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but, but, but horses takes up so much of my time I just barely have enough time to do anything else so yeah. cooking is a good way to unwind at the end of the day definitely that and a glass of gin yes a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do job-wise? So I recently started a new job actually at um, The Lady magazine. So I am web editor, so I do all of the web content. I also am in charge of the social media and I've written an article for the magazine as well. So I just kind of chip in where necessary, where I think if I've got something valuable to add. <laughs> but it's really good. I really enjoy it. At the moment, obviously, I'm working from home which I actually love. It's great. But the office is otherwise at a place called Beeler Hall, which is, well, it's like an hour away from me. Not that this means anything to anyone, but yeah, it's really lovely and I'm really enjoying it. So uh, it's nice to have a job that I enjoy, which is also outside of horses because I didn't think that would ever be possible, but mm. apparently it is. So that's good. <laughs> And talking to social media, it's a big part of documenting your journey. So what platforms are you on and how can people follow you? So I am on Instagram, uh, Footloose Eventing. That's my name. I'm also on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page. Not as well used. I try and post on it, but not as consistently as Instagram, I admit. And then I've also recently tried to put a bit more of effort into my blogging as well. So also Footloose Eventing on YouTube and yeah i don't think i use twitter anymore if so it's loose foot loose but i probably wouldn't bother with that because that's not very interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so don't even bother trying to find me on tiktok because i'm absolutely rubbish so i do have an account but it's it's really questionable i am definitely never ever going to try those dances so yeah if you're if you're there for dancing me then not yeah so it's not a thing <laughs> <laughs> and how has your experience with social media been have you been supportive kind or have you had any negativity do you know I'm actually really lucky in the sense that 
everyone has always been so lovely and supportive because I've heard, you know, things, people, negativity and unkindness, but all of my followers are really lovely and so supportive. But it's actually just really encouraging. So thank you to everyone for being so lovely to me. I'm probably going to get a load of hate now, but <laughs> <laughs> but no it's, no, it's great. And which is why I really enjoy it because why wouldn't you when everyone's so nice? It's like a little Instagram community. I mean, I've made some, I've made some really good friends from it as well. So really lucky. Yeah, I've seen you've been doing quite a lot with some other big stars of Instagram in the horsey world. <laughs> yeah, they finally <laughs> managed to get me to 10,000 followers. So that would be Tina, Emily and Meg. And we're doing, we've been doing a um, vlog series from Tina's channel called Virtually Eventing, which has been really fun to be a part of. They actually let me join in, which was nice of them. I mean, I do get bullied a bit, but, um, <laughs> but that's fine. But no, it's really fun. And actually, we've got a really, really, really exciting vlog planned for, I've just filmed it, my part of it today. So everyone keep their eyes open for that. I think, actually, I think I'm going to be hosting it on my channel. Oh. So it will be on my channel. Tina was like, well, as a, as a well done for getting 10,000 followers, you can host it on yours. I don't know if people will like that. So sorry if people are expecting it on Tina's, but I'm going to, yeah, it's my chance to try and edit a vlog as well as she does. So I'll give, a, give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> and you're supported by Champion and Hi Ho Silver. Can you tell us more about these brands? I can. So let's start with Hi-Ho Silver because they've actually supported me the longest. I think they were my second like sponsored rider kind of thing. So I know Hi-Ho Silver from when I used to work at Fairfax and Favour on the show circuit. And so they've always, they're like, the king of the road, um, Andrew is the, the chap at Hi-Ho Silver. They're always at all the shows. So I've known them. I've had like a friendship with them. And then when I started doing more on social media, they said, oh, Lucy, we're really, you know, we'd love to work with you, which was fantastic. So they've got all this, I'm going to show you, but I mean, you can probably, you can't, no one else can see. <laughs> got, so yeah, they're really, it's really lovely. And they're, they're lovely people. And I really enjoy working with them. Champion was a bit different because I actually applied, I think, yeah, I, did I apply? Yeah, I think I applied to be one of their brand ambassadors or sponsor. I don't know what they call it. I think it's a brand ambassador or sponsored rider through an Instagram thing, I think. Mm -hmm. So, and I won and I was amazed by that. And it's great because I love my hats and I've got some really, really beautiful, safe hats as well. And my favorite actually is one, it's my skull cap, but it's like a bright yellow because my, my cross country colors are really disgustingly garish I've got uh, royal blue and yellow so it really goes well but yeah I love the champion team they're also they're also lovely so really lucky actually people seem to want to work with me and they're also they're also great and it's really nice to have support from especially champions very well both of them but you know big big brands wanting to work with me it's quite ooh, very very grateful well I hope you enjoyed my chat with Lucy if you're interested in watching the next instalment of the Virtually Eventing series by Tina, Life of the Left Rain, M, EMD Eventing, Meg, Alphic Event Ponies and Lucy, subscribe to Lucy's YouTube channel, Footloose Eventing, and make sure you hit the bell. Until next time, happy hacking.